the system always wins. The attachment system always wins. Attachment system always wins. So no matter what I'm saying, if I don't challenge those beliefs, if I still witness myself as distant, I still, or other people experience me as aloof, as withdrawing, as being non-present, right? Then I have to be willing to challenge my beliefs. There's something off in my beliefs that is fueling that dysfunctional behavior. It's dysfunctional because that's not how I want to live my life. It is getting in the way of what I genuinely see as my goal and the vision, the values for my life. Hey, y'all. It's the season finale of Boundaries and Grace. Oh my gosh, it's so spicy so fast. It's just been season after season after season after season. We're going to take like an eight-week break. Okay, this is the last episode of the season. This is the Anxious Avoidant Couple Part 2. We're talking about the avoidant partner and what you all need to be able to do together in order to heal this dynamic. Okay, these episodes, I mean, I'm hoping that you listen to the first part. Okay, if you haven't, if you're coming in on part two, well, go back to part one. Okay, that's the first thing, like part one. But um, if you haven't noticed, this is a, uh, we know that I'm direct. Let me, let's, we don't have to pretend. We know that I'm direct on these things. We know that we're going very clear, right? We're going very clear headed. But this, when I was re-listening to it and watching the reels, I was like, oh my goodness, this is like exponentially greater. And let me just, um, I think one of the reasons why is because I tried so hard and did isolate the problems so that we can really see what's going on with each individual rather than um, as a whole. You hear me say a couple times throughout these two hours, last episode and this one, I keep, I say like, I'm not going holistic, I'm going forward, meaning that I'm not trying to justify or explain any behavior through the other person's behavior. I just want you to understand why you do it apart from that person. Okay, so I just want to state that if you're not catching on to that and maybe give you some insight into why it might feel the way that it does as you're listening. So thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited about this episode. Um, and I will see you all in the middle and I will see you at the end. Welcome to the season finale. While we're waiting, while we're just letting people give, give everyone a chance, can you, everyone put in the comments, like, what is something that you've heard so far? What's something you've heard so far? What are you taking away so far? Let's just recap right here. Let's recap. What, if you have been in, if you were in part one, type in the comments real quick, what have you heard so far? And when there have been at least six, then I will start sharing the avoidance stuff. And then what you can, what you all need to do together, what you all have to be able to do together. I need six reflections. <laughs> I need six reflections before we before I start. Every trigger is attached to a need. That is so good. That's going to take that take that's a huge one. Good key. Next one, number 2, trust their commitment to you. Absolutely. When you have those signs and you've got agreement and consistency, even if it's at a lesser degree than you would have liked, okay? Remember we got to get flexible. We got to trust the commitment to you. Good. We need four more. Four more different ones. Triggers already, we got it. We already got that one. Take ownership of what you allowed. Oh, thank you, Ms. Nisha, for bringing that one back up. That's number three. Take ownership of what you allowed. And that the reason, one of the big reasons that we want to do that as a reminder is that is because when you don't and you become 
it's part of the reason why people are so paranoid and hypervigilant because you really think that other people have like mind control over you and they actually don't. So you've got to take ownership for those six years, for those six months, for those six days. I don't care what it was. Every, all of it. Okay, there's another one. Um, this is number four. If you are not doing the work, you are holding us back. Mm, that I, I was surprised when I read it back. <laughs> number five, you're probably overreacting. Thank you for that one. You are probably overreacting. Absolutely. Oh, wait, let me put my mic back on. And then number six, I need to step back and cool down before approaching. Good reflections. Oh, my gosh. Great job. And a bonus one. Don't personalize avoidant behavior. Excellent. Great job, y'all. Great job. Great reflection. We're about to start on the avoidant side and then what you can do together. If you miss part or what you have to do together. If you miss part one, the replay is up. Okay. This is also going to be on my podcast, Boundaries and Grace on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon. We're almost done with it. Thanks. We're almost done with the podcast for the season. And it's going to be like a two month break or something. So make sure that you are getting up on those episodes. Get up on those episodes. All right, y'all. You ready? Are we ready? Yeah. Yeah. Avoidance types. Here we go. One of your big issues in the anxious avoidance dynamic, y'all. The avoidance type negative. Negative assumptions about your person's intentions trigger avoidance, okay? So anxious types, like, more more often than they get credit for, seriously, honestly, more often than they get credit for are coming with, like, genuine empathy and loving gestures. I know they can get wild sometimes. I know that they can overstep. I know they can freak out when they didn't need to. You were taking a nap. I know that like it can get, the tone can get a little bit crazy. I'm going to address that. I got that part. Okay. But remember, we're not talking holistic. We're going forward. So you've got to be flexible in your perception of their behaviors. Too often, the avoidant type, the anxious type goes a little bit too, interprets avoidant behavior positively with like, just because they call you, it's like, wow, they're in relationship. But avoidant types, it's like, you need to actually give it a little bit of sugar. Like you need to actually like see some of their behaviors as being positive rather than it being something that's going to take something away from you or hurt you. Okay. Some common things that come to your mind are that they're going to take over your life and you're going to lose your independence. And you really get your, a lot of your confidence from that. And you feel good about that. You like being sufficient and competent in the way that you are. And so when somebody is so present with you and we understand sometimes too present, like invasively present. So, and that's actually an oxymoron and I really should give it the respect that it needs. It's not invasively present. If it's invasive, you're being invasive period. Let me just correct myself. I got you avoidance. So look, I understand that that happens. We have, we're going to take care of that. But understand that you avoidance can overly like devalue, like, like excessively devalue or like villainize um, loving gestures. You can, you actually see a lot of green flags as red. Like 
that someone caring about them feels like you're, you have an ulterior motive or you're going to use it against me. They see some green flags as red. You mean consist, you consistently showing up for me feels like unsafe. Like, don't you have a life? Like, what are you doing with me? Like, I don't understand. Like, why do you think, like, why do you, I don't get it. Like you see green flags as red. When someone calls you back on time, you can see that as being controlling. When someone buys tickets to the game and sends them to you and says, Hey, like I wanted to, I wanted to do something nice for you. You can actually see that as someone trying to control your time or trying to like make sure or track you. And I'm so serious. So anxious types, I want you to understand like how avoidant types can be perceiving that. But avoidance, I want you to understand that you can be negatively perceiving something that actually doesn't have a negative, that doesn't have a negative intention at all. Um, what parenting behaviors influences avoidant fear that their life is going to be taken over by the attachment style workshop? And I answered that question in detail. Attachment style workshop. Okay. She asked, what parenting behaviors influence this avoidant fear that their life is going to be taken over by the attachment workshop? Um, so avoidance can have negative assumptions about others' intentions. Um, you are likely to feel like someone is criticizing you. Okay, if they are taking like maybe inventory or have a commentary on the relationship, it can feel like someone is criticizing you and calling you bad or um, saying that you're um, that's it. Like pretty much saying that like you're bad, period. Um, and that doesn't feel good to you. And so anxious types often feel like I didn't say all of that. I'm literally just saying a fact and you can over personalize it. Okay. Um, what did I say here? We're taking care of language. We're just like, okay, that's it. So we, we're going to, we have to start to slow down that like initial flame up of like, whoa, you're calling me bad or you're saying that I'm worthless or you're saying that I can't get anything right. That's a big one because avoidant types get really triggered when they feel incompetent. Remembering that avoidant types get a lot of um, confidence out of being competent or it's a perceived confidence out of being competent. They're actually two different things. Competence and confidence are two different things. Competence is about what I can do and achieve in the world. Confidence is about how I feel about myself. Avoidance types often confuse the two. And so you find yourself being super competent and you are, you, know, you like to work and you put your energy in that. You like to get a lot of validation out of that and you mistake it for being confident when in reality you're just really competent. Okay, and so we know that you're not confident because you're so sensitive when someone says anything negative, it feels like it's about you. And when we have a strong confidence, we just are able to hear the message and not bring it into myself and make it about myself. So we know that it's not confidence. We know that we've confused it with competence. And that's usually really, um, I feel, it can feel very exposing for avoidant types. So I'm going to go ahead and sidebar here. This is the, the, the worst thing you could do with the information that I'm giving you, anxious types is run it down to an avoidant and try to expose them for like all of their internal mechanisms. That's like one of the worst things that you could do with this information. And I know someone's going to do it anyway. And I want you to take full accountability for the consequences of that because anxious types can be so invasive and overstep. And, be, and you come upon this information and Taylor explains so well and listen to this and do that. And, hey, I know that I, I know that you're really um, I know that you really withdraw because of this or that. That's you. You've gone. You've gone too far. You've gone too far. And I don't have a lot of sympathy for it for you when I say it all the time. And it's your it's you literally just lacking self-control and you or your ego getting in the way of like that, you know, better 
or that it like their reaction, like that they are not going to react that way to you. Like this isn't going to be the reason why they break up with you. And then there they go leaving about their door because you're doing too much. I think I'm really good at making sure that both people get what they want. And I think I'm excellent at getting, giving a whole picture. What I dislike is when somebody does the unethical thing, relationally unethical thing of taking this information and using it in like an exposing or manipulative way. I have a really big problem with that. And so don't misuse it. If someone wants to do this work, they'll do it. If someone wants the information, they'll read it. They'll listen to it. So stop. I, I this this kind of this coaching stuff is for people like in couples or I'm talking this is very couples right this is for people who are able and willing if you cannot accept if you're that person that keeps overstepping you are my problem you are a problem okay I will I do everything to make sure everybody gets what they want but not if when you not when you come out of the protocol so it's a really big I'm serious because you'll say, well, you'll, you know that your person isn't willing to come to the table with you. And then you bulldoze them, smack them with podcasts. And then you want to call me crying about why they left you. And so that kind of thing, I don't like that because I make it very clear that everyone needs their own autonomy. And just because you are doing all this stuff and getting like the, the underpinnings of avoided attachment, it's not a license to be emotionally invasive. I find that really disturbing. You have to stop that. Um, I'm gonna, so someone asked, so are you saying not to share it and let them find it themselves or is having a conversation okay? Do they have any interest? If someone is showing an active interest, babe, like, oh my gosh, you're right. This is really stressful. I wish, we, I wish there was an attachment person who could tell, help us. Send it. But you know, this is the kinds of questions I get so serious about. This is the kinds of questions that I start to, and I'm not saying this about you, so do not take this. I'm going to talk beside, just don't even act like I'm not talking to you. Okay. But so often someone knows at least if the person wants to work on it, at least if the, even if they don't know what to do, you, you get an idea what, if someone knows you get, you have, you know, if the person wants to see what's up with you. You know if you're the only one that's been pushing this relationship for the last eight months. Don't act like you don't know. I don't like it when people feign ignorance and to, to say like, well, I'm not sure if they want it, so I'm just going to send them all your reels anyway, when you know that they want nothing to do with it. You know that they get, you know it. So I don't want anyone to feign ignorance with my information, with my stuff. Do that with somebody else. Okay, I don't like that. You know what's up. You know when somebody wants to see if they can make it work with you. You know if somebody sees a future with you and they want to say like, wow, we've been dealing with these communication issues for the last two years. Like, I want to find something to, you brought up couples therapy and they're like, yeah, like I'm open to it. They might not be taking initiative, but they're open, open to it, <clears throat> open to it. Right. You know, when you've got signs that someone is open and you know, when you got signs that they're not, you know, when they deflect and deny and they run and they hide and they're doing all kinds of stuff. And to still ask again, not talking to anyone in particular, I'm talking to somebody. I know that for sure. So when you still are like when you know you got all closed doors and it's still like, well, uh, should I send them their, your link? No, you're the problem. And you go too 
far too often. You end up being a problem for me as a client because you don't listen. You don't, you don't, you're not reasonable. You can't, you can't just, you, you can't be wrong. It's like y'all are the people. I'm sorry. I'm going to come back to y'all avoid this. I'm going to handle this issue right now. Y'all are the people that act like y'all, y'all, oh, like I just really want this relationship to work. Y'all be the biggest boundary breakers of them all. I don't care how nice someone sounds. I know a boundary breaker when I feel them and I know them when I see them. And y'all are exactly the types. Y'all be the exact ones that that act like the the wallflower, the the wilting violet. But you cross boundaries all the time. You'll do it with them, and then I know you do it with them. You're gonna do it with me. Y'all are just a, y'all. There is no anxious avoidant. It's nothing worse. Nothing. Nobody is worse or better. There are degrees of toxicity on both sides. And so, if you are the anxious type that is the overstepper, you refuse to respect people telling you no. I know that you don't do it, just do it with them. You're going to do it with me too. So, you're a problem for me. I don't just do it with everybody. Randy, that's an excuse. We were married, so definitely assumed he was open to it. Wrong. I said that at the beginning. I said marriage doesn't, I said it, I literally said it, I said it, so I'm just going to point out all the, all the ways that we try to make this thing make sense, and it doesn't, this is why they pay me the big bucks, y'all, because I'm going to catch all the ways that you try to make this stuff sound okay, okay, I'm going to point it all out, because you said you want to get healthy, I'm going to do it to you, I'm going to, we're going to hit every single thing, we're not going to let any of it go. Okay, so I don't care what anything, unless someone out your mouth, out their mouth and their actions congruently are is saying yes, then you going, doing anything other than letting them not is too much. If they are not giving you all yes, 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 we don't get to say, oh, because you're my boyfriend, I just, I just figured you want me to dig into your childhood. Just because you're my wife, I just figured you would want me to schedule a consult. It's invasive. That's why people got problems with you. And I'm serious. This is what, come on. We said we're not doing holistic tonight. We're going forward. This is why people got problems. Problems with you. You think you're being anxious types are always talking about you being you being helpful. You're boundary breakers and you bother people. <laughs> you bother people. Okay? And somebody has to tell you because too many people just let you go around doing whatever. Jeez Louise. Doing whatever. Talking about because y'all always look like the nicest ones, the softest voices. I'm I I don't, it don't do nothing for me. It don't do nothing for me. I go for healthy. I don't care. 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 Yeah, Mikkel, exactly, exactly, exactly. If they aren't taking initiative, but they watch and listen to what you send, what you say that's them wanting to work on it, why don't you ask them? Is it, you want to work on this or are you just gathering information? Just ask them. You want to work on this or I'm serious. I have no shade in my voice. It's really not. Like, just ask them, hey, you're listening, you're watching. That, to me, looks like um, you want to work on it. Is that something that you actually want to do, or am I reading that wrong? There you go. Screen record it. Practice that and say it. Um, ooh, anxious types. That was a strong read. I just want to make sure that everybody's okay. I want to make sure that we do we all know that this is coming from a place I really want to help you. Okay? But there are some things that consistently get in the way, and I can't act like it's not a problem, because that's why... That's why I have my job. Well, that's why I have my job. Okay, so is everybody okay? Do we understand why we're doing this? Okay, let's move on. Um, here's the solve. <clears throat> I really liked this point, okay? 
I want to say this to you. Hey, y'all. I want to say this to you. This is, I'm talking right, I'm talking to avoidant types. Okay, we're back here. Solve. Uh, avoidance. Sometimes, now, this is interesting. Um, sometimes your values and vision for your life truly is not to be in a relationship. Sometimes your values and vision for your life are not in alignment for a relationship. Okay? Most people want relationships. Not everybody does for a variety of reasons. Okay? So sometimes an avoidant type, if you're, sometimes when you're having a repulsion to relationship because your values and visions are not aligned with like a monogamous relationship. Okay. Not everyone wants a deep, intimate monogamous connection. Okay. Or even a polyamorous connection. And I'm saying even not as because it's more of anything, but I'm saying like other than, okay. So sometimes you're having a reaction to people being close to you because that's genuinely not how you you're, that's not your ideal life. And so this is for you to be able to reflect on what you really now what you really truly want. Attachment fears and old traumas can get in the way of you really being able to recognize, do I want to re- is it that I'm afraid of a relationship or do I feel so scarred by relationships that um wait, what did I say? Is it that I true rewind it. Sometimes that old old traumas can make us feel like question like um, is it that I don't want a relationship truly, or is it that I am afraid of relating? But if I take that fear out, am I now a person who would like that? That that's your internal reflections. Those are your in. That's your that's you finding yourself. That's you tapping into what is okay and good and satisfying for you. Yeah, a lot of people do want relationships, but that's not everybody, and it's or it's not everybody right now. And whatever it is for you is okay. So I don't want any, I don't want any person who is avoidant to feel like that they're, um, that we're saying there is something wrong with your attachment. There could be. It is likely considering that there, the majority of people do like the idea of being in relationship with another person. Okay. So it is likely that there is something going on with the attachment. There is likely some issues in the back. We all have issues in the back. So regardless, there's always something in the back. Likely some fears surrounding relating, intimacy, trust, vulnerability. Likely. But sometimes you really are genuinely saying no. No, I don't want a relationship with you. Or no, I don't want a relationship at all. Or no, I don't want a marriage, but I want a long-term partnership. No, I don't want a long-term partnership. I just want short-term. No, I'm more of a one-night stand person. No one has the right to tell you that even if you were, let's call you a one-night stand person, that even if that was you, that that's some sort of like dysfunction. You always get to decide ultimately, okay? You always get to decide, all right? You always get to determine for yourself. But that's why it's important for you to take that self-reflective time to really wonder about you, to really see. And that's why I say don't think about a person Okay, don't think about an event like a marriage. Think about your values and your vision for your life. How do you want, what is your lifestyle like? You know, ideally, you know, 10 years from now, what does that look like? What are your values? If your values are things like, like I have a values list. I used to have everyone do it on their first session, like when I first started my practice. But um, you can, like, if your values, for example, 
you clustered them and you got like, uh, let's call it power, freedom, independence, exploring, um, alone time, like what, like, let's just say like you do your value. It's like a ranking of 10 and there's just clustered in that direction. Those are the kinds of like things that'll give you cues of, Oh, like I might like the idea of relationship, but my values, my core values aren't actually aligned with what a monogamous relationship requires for most people. Does you all, do you all see how I'm breaking this down? Does this make sense? I see, I see shell. Yes. So I want us to start to think about attachment and like, you know, like let's, let's be flexible in the way that we think because humans are flexible people. We're dynamic. There are so many different ways that people can relate and want to relate and, and genuinely feel satisfied relating. It is not okay for any of us to um, determine for someone else that they are dysfunctional. Okay, in this way that that they are that we can't say, well, you're faking it. Well, you're probably just in such denial. Could it be? Maybe. But it doesn't matter anyway what your what your perception is. We don't care. I don't care. It matters what they determine that it is. And so you cannot put you don't try to push it or make it different. Let's talk to the other side of that. Now, if you do that avoidance, if you reflect on your values and your vision and genuinely it's looking it's looking relational it's looking like I see this kind of structure. I see this kind of lifestyle. This is the way I would like, I imagine wanting to spend my time or I am, I can see some of that. Like I, I, I want that. I just don't know how to get to it. Right. So that's the other side of it. Are y'all with me? Are y'all catching the flip? We're going to flip the coin. Someone say that they caught the flip in the comments. Did you catch the flip? We're going to flip it. We're going to the other side. We're going to the other side where your values and your vision actually does is in alignment, but you just don't know how to get there. Somebody say, somebody tell me if you caught the flip. <clears throat> I need to know you're with me. We have a lot to talk about. Good. Thank you. You caught the flip. So if your relationship values vision does align avoidance with being in relationship, but you're not sure how to get there, then you've got to be willing, your strategy here, first, foremost, ground zero, you've got to be willing to challenge your negative beliefs about intimacy and relationship. Thank you. Flip, flip, flip. Thank you. You've got to be willing to challenge your negative beliefs about relationship. You can consciously say, oh, yeah, I imagine that I'll want to settle. I imagine that I would do this. But if you do not challenge your it's your beliefs that are creating your distance it's the beliefs that are that are fueling your withdrawal so if you've got to be willing to challenge your negative beliefs about connection and intimacy because on surface if you are the relate if you do genuinely want this on surface you can say that and you're so the people are hearing that and you are and sometimes you show up like that but your beliefs the system always wins the attachment system always wins attachment system always wins so no matter what I'm saying if I don't challenge those beliefs if I still witness myself as distant I still or other people experience me as aloof as withdrawing as being non-present right? Then I have to be willing to challenge my beliefs. There's something off in my beliefs that is fueling that dysfunctional behavior. It's dysfunctional because that's not how I want to live my life. It's getting in the way. If, right, if you're the type that I'm talking about, it is getting in the way of what I genuinely see as my goal and the vision, the values for my life. Avoidance, this is, this is good. This is good. This is good. All right. Number two, 
You have to be willing to confront the overwhelm. You've got to be willing to confront the overwhelm, avoidant types. This is like most, com- you get, you feel either overwhelmed or numb. Those are your two most common uh, perceptions of your internal experience. I feel overwhelmed or I feel numb. Okay. I've got to be willing to confront the overwhelm. The overwhelm of the stimuli is what shuts you down. Not only do the anxious types serious, legitimately put too much on the table, which is over, which is overwhelming, but it's just also kind of like at baseline beyond your capacity. Often, even when the anxious type is calmed down, if the avoidant type isn't doing this work too, coming to center, then even when the anxious type comes in perfectly, the avoidant is still triggered because it's still too overwhelming to even try to confront the emotional or the internal experience, the internal problem that the anxious type is trying to discuss in a very plain way. That's why we got to have both people working simultaneously. Okay. So, um, so if anxious types, should you hear that? It is not all on you. Don't worry. <laughs> That's funny to say to an anxious person. <laughs> Don't worry. Anyway, anyway. So, um, Avoidant types, if you want to heal this dynamic, you have to be willing to confront the overwhelm. So to self-soothe. So you might be feeling like racing heart. You might be feeling like shutting down, like your brain is closing down, like your heart is closing down, like a heaviness on your chest. Okay, you might get sweaty. You might get clammy. You might get cold. You might get hot. Everyone's got a brand of their triggered experience. Everyone's got a brand of their triggered experience. Okay, so the feeling of over whatever it is for you, the overwhelm is what shuts you down. So I've got to be willing to self-soothe that. I've got to be willing to say like when the when the wound starts to bleed, when the overwhelm starts to trigger your withdrawal, we've got to apply the gauze. We've got to apply pressure as quickly as possible. Okay, that's your self-soothing toolbox. Okay, we've got to apply the pressure as quickly as possible because that trigger, the bomb, when it goes off, you're up out of there. Even when you stay in place, you emotionally detach. Okay, so we've got to apply the gauze like when the, before you actually successfully complete the withdrawal. We've got to apply the gauze. Okay, so I want you to be you got to be able to catch your physiological trigger. Y'all remember that D trigger is free. It's on Saturday, but it's only there's only a hundred. It's gonna it's gonna shut off at a hundred people. Okay, so it's Saturday. It's free. The link is in my bio. If you don't catch it, you can catch the you can buy the replay. Catch your physiological trigger. What might that be? What that, what might you do to do that kind of thing? You might breathe. Okay. You might breathe. You might do guided breathing. You might count to 10. Okay. You might have, okay. I like the idea of having a mantra for yourself. Say something like, I'm safe. I'm loved. I care. Okay. I'm safe. I, I'm loved. I care. So really reinforcing to yourself that there is not a threat happening, especially when the anxious type has successfully done their job and toned it down, scaled back. Right. So recognizing that then usually your withdrawal is truly solely about you. All right. We're taking a little break. I think this is where I just mentioned the D trigger workshop. And so if you're interested in that, um, they are linked through my Instagram. You can go to my Instagram at I am Taylor Chandler and they are linked there. Sometimes the question comes up. What? Order should I do the workshops in? Because now there are three available to purchase. I recommend doing attachment styles and then de-trigger and then healing childhood. That's the order that I recommend. Um, y'all, you want to make sure that after we're going to go on a break, like an eight-week break. So you want to make sure you're on my email list. Go to imtaylorchandler.com and on my homepage, you can drop your email there. And that's where you're going to get updates, y'all. There is a lot going on. There's a lot coming up. So not only are you going to get um, 
notifications of the free workshops, but also any updates like when we're talking about uh, we're talking about books, we're talking about in-person live events, we're talking about reality TV that you can watch through apps. We're talking about another app that I'm partnered with where you can also or you can get a membership with them and you can uh, get my course. You can get some courses there that I'm filming for them. So there's a lot going on that I'm not mentioning often at all on the podcast. Okay, so sign up for the email list. I I send out no more than two emails a month. um, So it's nothing like it's nothing crazy. Uh, So there's that. Thanks for that. Um, For the uh, workshops, what was I about to say? Oh, first passing around of the offering buckets. We did workshops. We got the email list. First passing of the offering bucket. If you are getting something out of this work, um, first, thank you all so much that have already donated. I really love you loving this and supporting this work. It really helps me to keep doing it um, and taking the time out and all the work that it takes to produce these episodes. So thank you so much. And just for showing your support. Thank you. Um, if you want to donate to Cash App or Venmo, the tag is the same. It's Tay Chand with a D on the end, Tay Chand. Okay. And you can also find me on PayPal, Taylor at IamTaylorChandler.com. You can search my email through that. So thank you so much for sending in your 5, 10, 50, whatever is on your heart. I appreciate it. And let's get back to the show. All right. So they have successfully de-escalated. Now your withdrawal is all on you. And so I can remind myself that I'm safe, I'm loved, that I care to help keep myself present with the, with the other person. Y'all got it? I can communicate. I care and I need to slow down. I care or I want to talk about this, but I can't talk about it right now. I'll come back to this tomorrow. So communicating through that discomfort can be really good for anxious types. Anxious types, your job there is to accept it graciously. Accept it graciously. I often say, like, if you're the one with the problem, like, if you're the one that's demanding to talk about it, then um, the other per- you got to pass the ball to the other person. They have to be able to have some freedom in deciding when to talk about it. Because remember, they're not feeling the same way or they're not registering it the same or maybe they're just not acknowledging it the same way as you. But if you're the one anxious type bringing it to the table, you got to pass the ball to the- You're saying, I want to talk about this. That's your point. You got it. And pass the ball to them. When do you want to talk about it? Okay, you cannot dominate the show just because you're upset. I think I just I answered the answer to that question. So communicating through the gap. Um, if you can't do it now, you want to just hit them with a, hit them with that reassurance. I can go tomorrow or at six o'clock or in three days from now. I'm on a work trip. I'll be back next week. I want to hit. Let's let's catch back up then. Right. So communicating through the discomfort. Allows you to stay present. Calms anxious type down. Anxious type, accept it graciously. Remember that there's all, I I said, keep saying it, there's discomfort in the anxious avoidant dynamic. Okay? So just because you're uncomfortable doesn't mean that something is wrong. If they have said, I'm going to come back to this in three days. Just because you would rather talk about it now doesn't mean that it's a problem. It means that you have to figure out something else to do with yourself. Okay? Now, when they miss that three days, that's a different conversation. We're not going there. You need to book a session. Book a session. Don't ask me that question. Okay? We're moving forward. Number three, 
Avoidance. Um, therapy. Okay. The overwhelm doesn't shut you down just because. Okay. The overwhelm doesn't shut you down just because. It's not like, you know, it, so your nervous system is following the same pattern as childhood when you experience a threat. Okay, your nervous system is following the same pattern in childhood when you experience a threat. That's true for everybody. It's not an avoidant problem. That's a trauma problem. That's just the nature of trauma. That is the trauma brain. Your nervous system is going to follow the same pattern as it did when we experienced the feeling of smothering or the feeling of distance or the feeling of abandonment or rejection or criticism where we have a pattern. Our nervous system had a pattern of responding to that. It locks in place unresolved, right? That's that emotional knot that we're trying to massage out. And so then, but we're, we haven't done it yet, right? And so we're still on repeat with it. But that nervous system response is the same thing that happened way, way back. We need to, again, we don't just need to know that that tumor is there. We need to extract that thing. We need to splice that thing. So that's what we go to therapy for. Everybody got to go to therapy. Your nervous system falls in the same pattern as childhood, so we need to work through that. You can start working on that stuff with the Healing Childhood Workshop I have. You can buy it. Link is in my bio. Just like the anxious types, you need to confront and express with the witness of another person and re-experience the needs that you had and re-experience them being cared for. Okay, and bring literally bringing your emotional emotional part back to life. We're going to resuscitate it. Okay, we're going to extract. I'm saying we're going to extract the tumor. We're going to extract this pattern. Okay, and we're going to breathe into your emotional life again. This is for people who actually want that. People who don't want relationship with you or don't want relationship. Period. There is no. It's over. Flatline. It's not happening. Okay, but if this is you, if this is you, you want to be, you have a willingness to come back to life, your emotional life is important to you, then we can bring you back. Okay. You just you gotta you just gotta you just gotta show up. You gotta show up and do it. All right, common issues, and then we're gonna talk about what you can do together. Wow, this is a lie. Y'all doing okay? Hey y'all, y'all doing okay? Let me get some water. We'll talk about the common issues for the avoidance type, then we're talking about what you have to do together, and then we'll get out of here. Common issues. Number one, you confuse your ability to detach as maturity or confidence. Common issues for my avoidance. You confuse your ability to detach or your inclination to withdraw or be be aloof, distant. You confuse those kinds of behaviors with being mature or confident. Just because you don't need, you you have gotten to a place where you can be so isolated and still function, um, doesn't make you mature or confident. Could you be? Possibly. But the point is that they that it's not a causation. Like you being able to detach as easily as you do does not mean that you are mature or confident. We say this not to try to bring you down, but try to give you a reality, give you a realistic perspective of what's likely going on, right? That part of my survival technique as an avoidant is to build a pretty hard exterior that I look impenetrable. And so rather than acknowledging, my ego doesn't acknowledge that the vulnerability makes me feel weak and inferior. So instead, the story that I tell myself is that I don't need anybody and what y'all got going on. Like, I don't need, like, y'all crying all the time. Y'all need, y'all, y'all need people to hold you up and I don't need anybody and I make it on my own and I've been hustling and grinding. That's when the story, you got a 50 cent story or something. You get the most going on and you just made it through the mud. Like, that's just your thing. 
right? And we can confuse that with maturity and confidence when in reality it can really be a trauma response, okay? An ego tactic. So that's a common issue. Reality, the reality of it is that maturity and confidence really shows in our ability to genuinely and vulnerably connect with others, okay? Across context. Now, anxious types, I'm not talking to y'all. I'm not saying that you're the mature or the confident one. Don't do this. Don't do this. Anxious, I'm not saying that. Anxious types always wanting to talk about things doesn't make you mature or confident. Everybody got problems, especially if you even in the anxious avoidant dynamic, I know y'all got problems. It's just, it's just not a good place to be. It's not that you can't work it out, but I know that in order to be in that dynamic, you got problems, period. So I'm not saying that y'all mature or confident. Everybody immature. (laughs) I always got so serious. Everybody immature and emotionally dysregulated, to be quite frank. (laughs) To be quite frank. So I just wanted to stop the anxious types before y'all. Don't sound like that. (laughs) Don't sound like that. You better, if you're going to run the tape, you better play it all the way through. Play it all the way through, okay? Everybody got problems. Maturity and confidence shows in our ability to genuinely and vulnerably connect. It does not mean chasing people. <laughs> that doesn't mean always on the ready. That doesn't mean, like, first date, you bringing up childhood trauma. Like, you sometimes you're just doing too much, okay? Number two, common issue. This just happens all the time with avoidant types. You think that talking about your parents is blaming them, okay? You do not want to blame your parents. They have done the best that they could. They were working. They were hustling. They were taking care of all their kids and everybody. I'm not going to put anybody's story out there, but y'all know what I'm talking about. So they were just doing the most. They were doing the most functionally, but they weren't relationally present. And you have a really hard time. Avoidant types have a very hard time even recognizing that the emotional absence was something to like be concerned about. Okay. That they have a hard time realizing that yes, even you miss independent, even you, Mr. I can do it all by myself. Even you have needs. Okay. So it can be hard for you to like reconcile that as a fact. I want you to know that's a common issue. We're going to, we need to get that taken care of. Okay. Healing childhood will help. So we understand that, but talking about your parents, like, like in the facts of what happened, it's not, it's not blaming your parent. We're not villainizing. We're literally just taking an inventory and account of what has happened, and we're going to show how it affects things, and we're going to fix it, okay? So that's a, it's a, you know, we're not, and usually y'all really ain't that worried anyway, because you really have, uh-oh, there's a deep read. Do you have deep resentment for your parents for what they didn't do and how they didn't show up? And so it's really all BS anyway from the beginning. Like, oh, like, I had a perfect childhood. Oh, I don't want to talk. Like, my parents didn't do anything wrong. When you are deeply bothered and just talking about them makes y'all flame up in session. Like, that's how I can get an avoided pissed. Pissed. On, like, if I want like, to, if I want to, if I want to, like, if you're like, nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong, boop. Talk about your mama. I'm going to talk about your mama. And not even, it's not even about making stuff up. I'm going to talk about your actual mother. 
I'm talking about your actual mother. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually just narrate your mother's like what your mom like your mother your experience of your mother, and you're gonna get pissed. Okay, and that's how we know we got a problem. <laughs> that's how I know that like the the ultra like whoa nothing happened. Well, why why do we have such a string of short term relationships? Why do you have six marriages? Why, but you still want to, but now you back on the dating scene, like after two weeks, like that doesn't make any sense, but nothing wrong with your mother. Nothing wrong with you and your mother's experience. Nothing wrong with your dad. Nothing wrong going on in the family. Nothing. Just. We know that's not accurate. So it's just really a matter of like what it is. All right, number three, um, you've convinced yourself that you're right. This is just an ego trick of the avoidant. Okay, this is just an ego trick of the avoidant. Uh, convince yourself that you're right. You are just like, it's like, dang, sometimes getting y'all to like, it's wild because you can see, we can see the cognitive dissonance so strongly on an avoidant because y'all want to pay for stuff. Y'all want to get into sessions. Y'all want to do all kinds of stuff. But then you get really resistant when we start actually doing something. Okay. Um, you like to intellectualize. Okay. And keep a distance. So you like, you're like, I'm, I'm curious, like what's going on over there in attachment world. I'm curious. But then when we're like, well, Kim, you're like, you know, it's all kinds of whoop, whoop, whoop. Like, ain't nothing going on with Kim. Well, Kim. Uh, oh, Kim. That's not really, I don't really buy it, Kim. Be real with me, Kim. Be real with me. Tell me the truth, Kim. All right? And when y'all get pissed, that's how I know mama messed up. I know mama messed up when y'all get Okay, because you have convinced yourself that you're right and there's just no other way. So we got to be flexible, okay? We got to be flexible. We got to be willing to see things differently. It doesn't mean that I am always right, although. It doesn't mean that I am always right. I always, seriously, I always ask questions. I always want to check and make sure that, like, what I'm sharing with you, does it actually sound right? Does it fit? Does it align with your experience? Are we hitting it? Like, I'm always, always, always checking. I never say, like, this is, like, I'm absolutely right and you are absolutely wrong. That's not happening, okay? So always checking. But the goal is that, the, like, the point, the, the, the challenge with the avoidant type is that you have trouble distinguishing between whether... I'm really correct or whether you're being defensive, you have a hard time with that. And so that's our biggest issue when we're working together is that I stay right on my square of the perception. And like, you have to, you're trying to decide like how it it does it really, you're literally fighting yourself in that moment. Okay. And so that's our, that's like, those are our hardest times with the avoidant type. Okay. Like anxious types, you're just open. You're ready to hit those resonations. Like every note y'all are like, woo. Y'all like, woo, that's me, Taylor. Wow. Y'all are like, boom, boom, mom, dad. Like, I got it all. Like, you're like ready to identify and like you a sniper, okay? That you can't wait to get these answers. You can't wait to connect these data points. You are out. There. You know how like in CSI or whatever, I don't even watch that show, but you know, like um, they have that board and they're like connecting the rubber bands. Y'all can't wait. Y'all got pictures of people. Y'all got routes, maps, all kinds of stuff. Okay, avoidant types, y'all are like, I maybe, like, I don't really, and that's on a good day. That's on a good day, especially at the beginning. Well, I could, I don't know, that doesn't really, I have to think about that. Okay, I have to say, okay, come on. But 
Hey. All right. Anyway, let's do what you guys have to do together. Practically speaking, I'm going to give you a couple. Pra- I'm going to give you three practical, three personal, and then we're up out of here. Wow. This is a packed night. Um, practically speaking, for my anxious avoidant pair, you have to agree on the goals. You have to agree on goals. For example, consider this. Does one of you definitely want the relationship and the other one isn't sure? That's a lot of people, okay? Where one person definitely wants the relationship or at least doesn't want to break up. Sometimes, if we're going to get really technical, sometimes y'all don't even want the relationship. You just don't want to break up. Hallelujah, amen, that's somebody. So you have to agree on goals. Does one of you definitely want the relationship and the other one isn't sure? That in itself, like, you know, some people, and if you're, they, there's a thing called discernment counseling, and it's specifically for marriage, like people who um, want to get clearer, like they're ambivalent about divorce, like where they just can't decide, right? Um, so if you haven't decided on, if you haven't, if you're not both on the same page about what it is that you want, we, like Taylor, I'm not the one to start with, Okay individual work is a good place to try to figure out like where you're leaning. But in couples work, I am not the one to start with when you both haven't agreed on even what it is that you want. I'm going to, we're trying to move. So we cannot move forward when one person has a pinky toe going forward and they got nine other toes in the back. You're slowing us down. I have a, we have to move. And so I am not your person for that, although it is a valid position to be in. So you've got it, but that's a, that's like an individual. You can't work on relational stuff if you don't know if you want the relationship. You can't fix a relationship if you're not in a relationship. So the first thing, first things first, you've got to figure out like, what's your goal? What's my goal? Do you want a relationship and I don't? What are we doing a couples therapy for? That's not therapy. Like that's that's like discernment counseling. That's like I'm trying to figure out what I want for my life. Relational like coaching is like, hey, we're coming together and we're moving forward. If one person isn't doesn't know, that's not what going forward is. That's trying to figure out where our baseline. We need to figure out your starting point. That is not me. Okay. Now, you can do individual work for that kind of thing, but not couple stuff. You got to agree on your goals. Um, trying to apply these strategies to someone who doesn't even know if they want to be there will be impossible. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Okay. I think I've said that in so many different ways tonight. I think we really drilled that. Number two. Um, okay. I just made this a requirement for couples. You have to work with me. You everybody's got to do six individual sessions each before we do couples work. And both people have to do six individual sessions each, not combined and non-transferable from another therapist or coach. Nope. You've got to do six individual sessions each before we start couples work. It's absolutely a requirement because it is, it's the best protocol. I've got to just do best practice. So it doesn't make sense when we have in every relational issue is a combination of, of two individuals that brought their problems to the relationship. And so it's just not as effective for us to start in couple stuff. And then you try to do individual stuff later or on the side or no, we, just, we need to get you individually 
we need to make sure that the mind is right. We have a good foundation. We understand what we're doing. We get some of the stuff that really doesn't have to do with your partner out the way. And then we're going to start working on the couple stuff. It's a requirement. That's me. Okay. I'm only doing this the best clean way. So otherwise, if you're not working with me, my recommendation for you is to still follow that practice. Couples work is always, couples issues are always a combination of two individual problems, two people with individual problems. So if you've got to commit, I think for for best practice, you got to commit to the one-on-one stuff because no doubt about it, I don't care who you are, I don't care the degree of the issues, I don't care about your childhood, every single person has got individual problems. So you have a better shot at healing this dynamic if you go in knowing from the jump, knowing from the jump that you have got to do individual work. I know your person's been irritating you, I know you can count, you can catch all their flaws and you've been running it down, Okay. Humble yourself, bring it on down because you got problems. Like I said, anybody in the anxious avoidant dynamic got problems. It's just a matter of, are you going to fix them? But I know you got problems because nobody deals with this push and pull thing. Like once you've, once you've healed this thing, you gonna be like, what in the world? Cause nobody actually wants to deal with this. This is like such a traumatic and toxic kind of dynamic but since so many people are in it, we have best practices for managing it. Does that make sense? Like, but nobody actually, like, this is no one's ideal relationship. It's not a judgment. It's just a fact, right? So we're, again, just adjusting your perception and your expectations. It's not going to be Candyland, okay? What's that one scary movie, The Candy? It's going to be more like It. Like, it's like, I thought this was Candyland. I thought this, this was, I thought that this was, <laughs> I thought we were at the circus. Turns out. Here come it climbing up out the gutter, snatching your soul, right? That's kind of what it feels like to be in this kind of dynamic. So you just have to understand what you're getting yourself into. But once you accept that, we can really work with it. All right, number three, what you can do together, check in weekly, okay? Check in weekly, check in weekly. Even when you're in therapy together, check in with each other weekly. Is everything going okay? You still like going to therapy? You still like going to coaching? Everything cool? You have any things that you want to bring up? Anything like that? Check-ins? Okay, so check-ins weekly, not just have, like not just once you like start getting some communication strategies in place, you know, not just saving things for couple stuff. Like you've got to be able to or couples like sessions. You've got to be able to get along on your own. You've got to be able to get along on your own. And if you are with a coach or a therapist that is not helping you to feel confident in that, like if you feel like you can only perform well in session, you have a deficit there. I'm I'm one hour out of the whole week. I need to, I need, my goal in those sessions is to give you as much understanding and clarity as possible because I know that after we hit, leave the session, y'all on your own. And my result, my results aren't about what happens in the hour, well, in couples is two hours and then 75 minute sessions. It's not about what happens in the session. It's about everything that happens outside of the session. I need you, I need you, I need you shooting like me. Like I need you, like I need you doing this. I need you as clear. I need you as close to as clear as you could be. I need you expressing as concisely as possible. Okay. I need you as calm in conflict as you can possibly get. And if you're not getting taught those skills, these are learnable skills. If you're not getting taught that, okay, then we are, you have a deficit in your coaching or therapeutic relationship. All right. Personally, this is what y'all need to do together. And then we're going to get up out of here. Okay. Number one, you both got to be willing to change. You both got to be willing to change. You've both got to be willing to change in the anxious avoidant dynamic. Both people look like a villain to the other person. You've got to be like, it, is it me? Am I the drama? That should be your mantra for the whole time 
the whole time that you're doing this work, if you try to fix this thing, is it me? Am I the drama? The answer is yes. Every time. If you have that attitude, you will keep an attitude of humility. Okay. An attitude of humility, an attitude of change, of positivity. Okay. Of graciousness for your partner dealing with you, loving you. Okay. Is it me? Am I the drama that if the, if you always let, let the answer be yes, a resounding yes, yes, it's you. What can you do to be less of a problem? If you go in with that attitude, y'all, this is a relationship. You got to go in with an attitude of servitude. Okay. Everybody's submitting up in this thing. Everybody going to win. Everybody submitting. Everybody get down. Everybody get down. Okay. Everybody get down. And say, is it me? Am I the drama? Yes, it's me. What can I do to help move this thing along? I'm the, I, it me, I, what can I do? Okay. When we take it a step further, it's okay. When you've truly done all that you can do, you've exhausted your options or you truly don't have a willingness to go any further Then you know, we're talking about a departure. We're talking about a departure. See, this person said this, I did that for years. And I, she's talking about that, you know, just kind of like, is it me? Am I the problem? I did that for years and I just allowed my boundaries to be crossed because I thought I was overacting. You're talking about codependency. I'm talking about security. Come back. Okay. I'm talking about help people that are getting a healthy, a healthy sense of self. You're developing a healthy sense of self. Your confidence is increasing. You have an awareness of what you need. Come on. You have an awareness of what you need. You're expressing yourself. I'm not talking about codependency doormat people. I'm talking about people who are standing within themselves. Okay. Who are healthfully relating and it's still not satisfying. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about people who don't know none of this. I'm not talking about people who are doormatting getting stepped all over, of course it's going to be a miserable experience, of course. And of course you're, you, we, we feel like we are the problem. I'm not talking about taking on responsibility for things that aren't yours. I am not talking about taking responsibility for things that are not yours. I'm talking about taking responsibility for the things that are. Is it me? Am I the drama? If the answer is yes, what is it? Okay, if the answer is yes, what is it? And even, even... With, Eventually, you become the drama when you staying in the thing and you know you're not getting nothing back. You still the drama. Come on. It's always going to come back to you. It's always going to come back to you. I'm never going to put your life on somebody else. I don't care. 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 Your life is your responsibility. Bottom line, you still going to be the drama. I'm, I stayed in it. I'm the drama. I ignored the red flags. I should have gotten out a year ago. I'm the drama. Taylor said this one go where I'm the drama. I'm pushing it. My ego and pride is in the way. I just can't, I can't experience myself as failing. And I see this as a failure. I'm the drama. I'm the drama. I can't make the best decision for myself because I'm too worried about what my mom is going to think. I'm too worried about my, what my culture is going to think. I'm too worried about what my kids going to think. I can't make the best decision for myself. I'm the drama. All right. Mm. All right. So next thing. Uh, so we need humility, right? We also, number two, number three, we got number two, you've got to be willing to forgive along the way. If you are in the, this is every relationship, but especially in the anxious avoidant dynamic where there are so many offenses, Okay, if you're you've got to be willing, both of y'all be willing to forgive along the way. We've got to clear the way for a new experience. We've got to clear the way for a new experience. If you set on bringing up, I don't care what it is. I 
don't care what it is. If you are saying, I want to be with this person and I refuse to let this thing go, I don't care what it is. You're the problem. Yes, you're the drama. If your intent, your goal is to be with somebody, but you are going to hang on to the very thing that separates you, you're the problem. I don't care what it is. Now, it's up to you to determine what your deal breakers are, right? It's up to you to determine what your deal breakers are. Your life is your own. It's your responsibility. Okay, so at this point, we don't care what it was that you can't get over, because if your goal is to be in the relationship, you better be willing to forgive and show some grace. I'm not saying to forgive anything in particular. I don't know you. I don't know what's happening. But I'm saying that the principle is, if you want a relationship with this person and you are unwilling to forgive anything, we're going to have a big problem. Forgive and forget are not the same. You don't, it's not about forgetting or acting like something didn't happen, but we, we can put boundaries in place, right? We can express the, you can, right? You, you want to be validated. You want someone to know that you were hurt and whatever it was, or you were bothered, disappointed, or you didn't like this or that. Okay. It doesn't mean it's, it doesn't mean forgetting, but we've got to be able to move on. If there's anything that you are unwilling to let go of and you want to hold on to the relationship, the thing is going to win. The thing is going to win. Whether it drags you down or the other person gets so tired of you looking at them crazy for something that they said sorry for over and over again, at this point, you're the drama. Okay? So it's about your, it's about the goal. If you want to be in the relationship, you've got to be willing to show grace. If you are unable for whatever reason and any reason is okay for whatever, whatever it is for you. Okay. If you're unwilling or unable for whatever reason, that's okay. But just don't keep hitching yourself to that person because you're making your, you're making you both miserable or you're, you're both miserable in that case. Okay. Last one, forgive yourself. All right. This dynamic looks crazy and everybody does things that they don't want to do in this, but especially before they start working on it. Everybody has been, does things that they wish that they wouldn't have done, said things that they wish they wouldn't have said, behaved in ways they wish had done something differently. Again, we're, especially when we're talking about two people that actually want to be together. So we've got to be able to forgive yourself. If you didn't know better, okay, we got to move forward. You can learn it. All right. There is nothing so shameful that you cannot be forgiven. That doesn't mean that another person has to forgive you, but you have to forgive yourself. Okay, you've got to forgive yourself. People do all kinds of crazy stuff in these kinds of dynamics, all kinds of things that they feel embarrassed about, don't want to talk about. You've got to be willing to forgive yourself because that shame in the background, that's going, that's in our way. Okay, that's in our way. It's causing us drama. So I've got to, so I need to use to forgive yourself because I don't want the drama. I need to extract the excess. I just, I need a very clean channel. Okay, and guilt and shame always get in the way guilt and shame are our enemies I can have none of it I can have I can't have you guilting somebody I can't have you feeling guilty about what you I can't have shame about yourself I can't have you have to be ashamed of who you're with I can't I can't have any of it we've got to be very clean about this in order to move forward okay y'all this has been a really great two hours with you thanks for listening I hope it was helpful and that's the season y'all thank you so much for an amazing 10 episodes. I appreciate your support. I'm excited for the next season. Of course, you know me. I'm all right. I'm excited for the next season, but I thank you for this time that we've gotten to spend. I'm so 
grateful to have this um, platform here to be able to reach out, help y'all, and answer questions that I know are really difficult for us to handle on our own. So thank you so much for those of you that have reached out and told me how this is helping you, helping you move through things, see things differently, and move forward in your life. Thank you so much for sharing it. If you haven't shared it, you can send something like a review, okay? That's really um, great to see that, um, how it's helping you, but also it helps people who come across the podcast to know what they're getting into, to know what we're doing here and what they can expect and what to look forward to. So thank you for that. Paying things forward by giving into this work. Okay, appreciate it. Second passing of the offering bucket. All of the links are below in the show notes. Cash app, PayPal, <laughs> PayPal, and Venmo um, are linked below. Thank you for giving in. Thank you for everyone who has already done the review and already given. Thank you for those of you who have a monthly, like five dollar donation that comes through every time. Thank you for that. Thank you for thinking of me and for supporting this work. I really appreciate it. I really can't say thank you enough. So a great season. Um, next season is probably going to be even better as usual. It just keeps getting better and better. It really does. It really, really does. So I'm looking forward to seeing y'all at workshops. I'm looking forward to seeing you in groups and in one-on-ones. I'm looking forward to seeing your reviews. I'm looking forward to seeing you on Instagram. I'm not going anywhere. See you.